Uh, so today's topic is on boundaries, and um, uh, so I was just thinking uh, of a light moment about boundaries, and I thought, you're not my type. See, I make a boundary. 
because how do you move on from you're not my type? You know, brothers, we claim to have comebacks. I think when any sister tells you you're not my type, wow. Is 10 nil, right? You're not my type. Okay, it wasn't that funny. <laughs> it was not. It was not. In my head, I knew you guys would be dead. 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 I, I, I saw that picture. But wah, it's all right. It's all right. Jekwat is a hard ground. It's all right. It's all right. It's okay. No problem. So we're talking about boundaries. I want us to read the word of God. Um, Second Samuel, uh, chapter 11, from verse 1 all the way to 27. Uh, but we'll just take breaks here and there to try and explain and get to and see what it is that the Lord has in store for us in his word. So, Second Samuel 11, and I read, In the spring of the year, the time when kings go out to battle, David sent Joab, his servant, and his servants with him and all Israel. And they revenged the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah, but David remained in Jerusalem. I want you to... Um, Please, just stick there. We'll continue reading, but you stick at David remaining in Jerusalem. It happened late one afternoon when David arose from his couch and was walking on the roof of the king's house that he saw from the rooftop a woman bathing. And the woman was very beautiful. And David sent and inquired about the woman. And one said, Is not this Bathsheba the daughter of Aliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? So David sent messengers and took her, and she came to him, and he lay with her. Now she had been purifying herself from her uncleanness. Then she returned to her house, and the woman conceived and she sent and told David, I am pregnant. So David sent word to Joab, send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent Uriah to David. And when Uriah came to him, David asked how Joab was doing and how the people were doing and how the war was going. Then David said to Uriah, go down to your house and wash your feet. And Uriah went out of the king's house, and there followed him a present from the king. But Uriah slept at the door of the king's house with all the servants of his lord, and he did not go to his house. Then the lord, uh, sorry, when they told David Uriah did not go to his house, David sent to Uriah, have you come from a journey? Why didn't you not go down to your house? Uriah said to David, The ark and Israel and Judah dwell in booths. My lord Joab and the servants of my lord are camping in the open field. Shall I then go into my house to eat and to drink and to lie with my wife? As you live, 
And as your soul lives, I will not do such a thing. Then David said to Uriah, remain here today also, and tomorrow I will send you back. So Uriah remained in Jerusalem that day and the next. And David invited him and he, he ate in his presence and drank so that he made him drunk. And in the evening he went out to lie on his couch with the servants of his Lord, but did not go home. In the morning, David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it by the hand of Uriah. And in the letter he wrote, set Uriah in the forefront of the hardest fighting and then draw back from him that he may be struck down and die. And we all know how the story goes on. And maybe you're here and wondering, now how is that connected to boundaries? I'm not seeing boundaries here. How is it connected to boundaries? And so this is how my outline looks like. So I will try and define what boundaries are, then how we lose boundaries, and then as we come to the end, how we build boundaries. So I repeat my outline. We'll try and define boundaries, how we lose them, and how we can build them. And so I think then that from beginning, boundaries are God's idea. So that when God created everything, he set himself apart. He differentiated himself from that which he had created. So creator and the created things. So that there are things then about God that are just distinct and very different from anything that he created. For example, the uncommunicable attributes of God. Number one, that our God is omnipresent. Our God is all-powerful. Our God is all-knowing. Those are things that are peculiar to God alone. So they differentiate him from the created, him from every other God. So that then we can say, that boundaries are in the very nature of God. That is why he would say, I am a jealous God who does not share his glory with any other. So then what are these things that we are calling boundaries? Boundaries then are dividing lines. Boundaries limit our selfish inclination to control or manipulate others. You see, the Bible would say that a man without self-control is like a city with no walls. So boundaries help us. They limit me from manipulating you people and you from manipulating me. If you've noticed, the times when you have set a boundary in a relationship or even in a friendship, things work quite okay. Until some of these boundaries are broken. And then things get crazy and, 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 and complicated. Now I want us to learn a few lessons from what happened in this story. For us to be able to understand this thing boundaries more. So how do you lose your boundaries? Lessons from a fallen king. Number one, 
desensitization. We lose our boundaries when we interact so closely with the things and cultures of this world and slowly by slowly start allowing these things to influence how we make decisions. For example, before David is sleeping with Bathsheba, something about him is changing. See, in the Bible, the book of 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 13, the Bible records that David, after he became king, he took for himself more wives, more concubines. What is happening to David? The man who's called to live up the standards of God in Israel is now taking for himself more wives and more concubines. And mind you, friends, what he is doing is actually very okay because culturally, polygamy was not a bad thing. And so what David is actually doing, he is just becoming like the people that he is interacting with. And you see what happens to us, friends, when we have our boundaries is things just, they, they, they don't look so bad. When we are on a downslope, things don't look so bad. What will make you fall, what will make you compromise your boundaries is not the very big things. It is the small things that everyone else is doing. Maybe your friends are dressing that way, or, or that's how they talk, or that's how they hang, hang out. That's, that's just the way they do life. And so there's nothing really that you can make you call whatever is happening sinful. For example, in the culture that David is existing at this moment, everyone, every big person has wives and concubines. Why should I be different? Why should we have, and, and at times when you want to be different, it feels like when he, Mshamba, Holy Joe, there's just something about you that is just not fitting in the, in the crowd. And most of the times it is the deception of our hearts that different is bad, that causes us to conform to the patterns of the people that we're hanging out with. What's happening, what's happening to David is now David has forgotten things about himself, and now he is compromising and fitting to culture. And that is what happens to each and every one of us. We lower our boundaries when we want to fit in, when we want to be okay with everyone else, and when there's a question, and we do not think that being different is actually okay. So what happens to David after he has been desensitized and his lower disguard? Second thing happens, David relaxes. Look at what verse 1 says. It says, in the springtime of the year, the time when kings go out to battle, David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel and 
They revenged the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah. But David remained at Jerusalem. You see, this is the same David who would not stay away from battle. This is the same David who's fought the Philistines so many times. He has conquered so many battles. David was such a hero. And now when he gets to the top, and I was reading a book, Why Great Men Fall, and one of the reasons the writer gives for why great men fall, he says, it is when men are at the top of their achievements. What is happening to David, friends, David is already at the top of his life. He is king of Israel. He is favored of the Lord. And so what happens is David relaxes his guard. The Bible would say in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, so if you think you're strong, be careful lest you fall. This is what is happening to David. David has lowered his guard. Do you imagine that in the entire Israel, David was the only man around? I think that's why he was bored, sleeping. Because if he had men around, they would be just talking about things, you know, talking about chariots and horses. Have you seen my horse the other time? They, they, they would have, they, they, they would have things to do. But now imagine all the men have gone. Because the Bible says all Israel. And when it says all Israel, it means all the men. All the men have gone. Now David is left alone. And so the guy, because his body decides, oh, let me just go and see my kingdom. It was, it was, it was custom that the palace or the king's house would be the highest in the place. So David goes to the rooftop and he's looking down and he sees a beautiful woman. David has lowered his guards. Now David, slowly by slowly, is about to fall. The other thing that happens to us, friends, when we relax, when we think that we are so spiritual, when we think that we are so feared by men in campus, when we feel that we are those sisters who, or those brothers that, you know, ribashanda and are serious about their life. They've got everything figured out. You know, when we were in campus, when like guys like us were never thought to be serious. Okay, I actually don't even look serious, but yeah. No one ever thought that we were serious because I'd come to class with my jeans, with shorts, with flip, flippers. Yani, just some guy, guys, you know, I was good in music, but the CU would never, never allow me to, why, how, like that, looking, you know. And then there are those guys who would sing, every, you know those guys who wear those suits that are shiny? suits that you you see the brother passing and you know yeah yeah iron sheets yeah that's it Man, no one and you know guys who have everything figured out guys who've got everything figured out their salvation check their schoolwork check their relationship with Jesus, check. Their relationship with the girl, they are pursuing. Everything is check, 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 check. 
Those were the guys that we had in our CEO. And then I asked guys who would just be there. No, I thought these guys are serious, but and we are, man, we were born again brothers. But you, you know how you just look at someone, you, ah, you guy, you can't be. This is David right now, friends. David is at the top of the world. He's the king. When guys are talking about battle and strategy, it's David. It's, have, you, have, you, have you seen that guy? No, do, do you know David, the king of that guy? When guys are talking about conquering the Philistines and killing giants, who's the reference person? David is at the top of the game. And maybe some of us here, this is where we are, man. We are the, like, yeah, my final year, all is, praise the Lord. <laughs> you know, I, I am okay with everything. But then what happens to David, and is that it's, it's the next trap that you're going to talk about, is fixation. Fixation. David looks at this beautiful woman, and instead of looking away, he entertains thoughts. He's like, he looks, and the stare, very innocent look. Because you see, it was very easy for David to look and turn away. And most of the time, friends, we have that choice. We have the choice to look and turn away. Friends, we have the, we, we, we can be tempted. Being tempted is not wrong. Thinking about it is actually not wrong. But you know what, friends? Most of the times our thoughts just don't end there. We will grow this thought. This is what David does. David looks, and maybe he turns away, but then again, but did I just see right? He goes back to it, and he looks, and now he takes angles so that he can see everything in perspective, and now he wants it. Have you imagined the last time you attempted to break your boundary? Put yourself in the shoe of David. And then bring that scenario that happened in your life and think about it. These traps happened to you. Maybe not in the exact order, but they did. You thought about it. And instead of silencing the thought and bringing down that thought in the name of Jesus Christ, you entertained the thought. You got fixated to it. I think Dietrich Bonhoeffer says it better. He says, in a moment of sin, we lose all reality for God. Bonhoeffer says, Satan does not make us to hate God. He just makes us to forget God. And so when we are tempted to lower our standards, lower our boundaries, and fall in 
into sin, friends, what we forget is the judgment of God. It is the righteousness of God. It is the love of God that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. Young man, young lady, the next time you are in situation, may the Holy Spirit quicken you to remember his grace. Because the Bible says that he has given us grace to say no to ungodly things. David doesn't exercise that freedom. And so he goes on and he entertains the thought. This is the same thing that happens with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. When the serpent tempts them, he says, did God say? So that when actually Adam and Eve are sinning against the Lord, they are questioning the very judgment of God. Did God say it is the judgment of God at stake every time we sin against him? We are deceived that there's a better place to be at than in the presence of our God. What happens to David next is rationalization. Look at what he says in verse 3. He says, And David sent and inquired about the woman. And one said, Is that not Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah, the Hittite? And I think this servant, what he's actually doing, is, is trying to help David come back to his senses. He's like, Bro, don't you know that is, <laughs> don't you know that is somebody's wife? And David is like, yeah, yeah, I know. Don't you know that? Yeah, yeah. Go bring her. And you know what's happening in the head of David? David is thinking, but, but why? But I'm the king. I can have whatever I want. And most of the times, friends, when we are tempted to lower boundaries, guess what happens to you? It is, how is this wrong? How can it be wrong? See, I love her. We are actually dating I will marry this guy. It is just a short scene. I can, I can watch a movie and fall, or I can even turn away. What is even wrong with this thing? Everyone is doing it. See, what's happening is that because of fixation, because we have forgotten our God and his truths, slowly by slowly we become gods of our own. And so we can decide things for ourselves. But it is okay. But we are relating. But this is the way I feel. But I, but I, but I. And most of the time, friends, when I becomes paramount, I will always lose. David didn't think about Uriah at that very moment. What betrayal to have men go fight for you. And yet you, whose king, who's supposed to be their leader, is sleeping with one's wife. What level of betrayal? Man, it would break my heart. If I was right, I'd be like, man, how? I can't fight David. But would break my heart. Do you realize how we rationalize things? 
how we rationalize truth. And then make things fit our situations. That's how we lose our boundaries. Maybe you're not comfortable with things. Maybe you're not comfortable with hugging. Maybe you're not comfortable. But because everyone is doing it, you're like, yeah. Why, why not? I'll give you a story. I think I was in Form 3 when I went to my first house party. And I got there. So I lied to my mom so that I'd go for that house party and then get to that house party. So the guy who was advertising for the house party said, Manzi Pukta Kuwana Madim. What Madim? Adiwa Kampo. Ona joke, yambo. Kiwa from three alafuna, kuna Madim wa Kampo. Kwa zileza, yeah, why not? So tukajichocha mina maboizo wangu. Tukaenda. Kavaa vile, yani, opiga luku moja serious. Kinda. And man, the disappointment. <laughs> I got there, and the only girl who was present <clears throat> was a married woman. Then we had so many brothers. I think everyone was just deceived by the same thing. So all of us came thinking, yeah, and we are all looking very sharp. You wonder it so, okay, so, yeah, what do you do with, you, you know those things, those clothes that you just don't wear every other time, and now you've just unpacked them, and there's no one to be wowed by the way you look. The disappointment. And then wait. So I thought, ah, fine. If there are no ladies, there must be food. There is no food. I'm like, okay, fine. At least, please, Lord, let there be music. It was like a men's prayer and fasting thingy. <laughs> like, it, it, was, it was such a disappointment But you see, what was cooking in my heart is what James describes in the book of James when he says that when, when you're tempted, it's not God who tempts us. It's our evil desires that entice us. It, it is our evil desires that entice us. Put yourself in my shoe. What would, you, what, what would take you to such a party? It's, it's your evil desires. Or for some of us who've attended parties that have been okay, what enticed you? Or did you go there to preach the gospel? It was nowhere in your Young lady, when you go, 
to a boy's room and stay late. I keep telling ladies this, that there's something, I did psychology in Campo, there's something called door at one's face. So this is what happens. So if we are friends or relating, and I held your hand and you are comfortable with it, tomorrow I will I will not just hold the hand. I will maybe draw you closer to me. So we will lock fingers. And then you will be okay. And so now, I won't even hold your hand. I'll slowly hold your waist for a minute, then drop it. Then I will hold it again for two minutes, then drop it. Then hold again for now 30 minutes, and you will be okay? Fine. The next time we are meeting, if we were shaking hands and you hugged me, okay, fine. Slowly by slowly, you see what's happening? What was not there is slowly by slowly being introduced and not forcefully. So that most of the times what happens to us and what makes our Boundaries, not so clear, is when, number one, there are no boundaries set, no boundaries communicated, or our boundaries are movable. When you have no boundaries, everything goes. When no boundaries communicated, I don't know what you expect from me. And then when the boundaries are movable, I will manipulate you to get what I want. What is happening to this brother David, this story as we read it, is the same thing. Man, David has the right, he, man, he wouldn't have helped it, he looked. But he had all the, all the power to look away. But he fixes his eyes. He had all the power to listen to that brother that is telling him, do you know this is Uriah's wife? But no. Do you see how lustful thoughts or just a lowering of our boundaries reduces men? Do you imagine the king of Israel talking about a girl with a servant? It's, 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 just, it's just crazy how the king in his high pomp Splendor and color would so demean himself to a point of discussing about an affair he's about to have with a servant. So that actually this servant knows that, David, you've not called me to, you've not told me to bring the chamber here so that you can have lunch. I know you want to do whatever. You, I know, David, what you want to do. Friends, when we lower our standards, slowly by slowly, we demean ourselves. The Bible would say in the book of Proverbs 5 that sex reduces us to breadcrumbs. Sexual immorality reduces us to breadcrumbs. It makes us run for the very trivial things, forgetting the bread that is on top of the table. Because some of us, sometimes when we are tempted, 
when we are in the very act, we do not think about anything else other than what's happening to us. And maybe the joy you think that this sin is going to give us. And like I said before, a lot of times when we sin, the lie in every prodigal son is that there's a better place to be at than at the father's house. May I tell us that there's no better place to be other than in the presence of God. So that, friends, keep your guard on. The Bible would keep encouraging us. Keep your guard on, lest you fall. Men in a society where everything is casual, where sex is casual, where marriages are casual, where everything is casual. How I pray that JQRCU will have men and women who will guard themselves secretly and sacredly as unto the Lord. Because you see what happens. The devil is already, already winning this battle. Because we expect such big things. We expect big, big ideas of sin to come in our heads. And you'll be like, no, I can't do that. I am not sleeping with you. He knows what he's doing. And so he will not request you to sleep with him. He will just request, he will just put, you, put his hand on you. And you will be okay. And hug you, and you will be okay. And then, and the time you're finding yourself in his room, you're wondering, how did I get myself here? Like I said, I'm a pastor, so I've had these conversations with people. Man, pasi mini lijipata. Like yeah, kujipata. Mtu ajipata giuko ulienda ulienda nani? Oh, kujipata. Kujipata nile umelala unamka. Do you know how some dreams are so real? You, 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 you're dreaming, you, you are in a dream, you are in a limousine, and then, that's kujipata. Realizing, yeah, it was a dream, but this one is truth, it's reality. And so what the devil does, he just helps us. He propels our evil ideas. It is called enticement, and that's how we break our boundaries. And then from there, the last stage is degeneration. After that, after you've rationalized every truth, from there, it's you know, <laughs> I grew up in the ghettos. You see the ghettos? Kukipatikana kamlima kali kwa kanakaivi tulikuwa tunamuaganga maji. Amasa likumenyesha. Alafu unakamu kikimbia. Alafu naeka kaposja. Mbako kwa hivyo mwicho chini. Wale wenye wanamik kutremkayani jote. One skid. Mbaka chini weni pro. Weni, weni ngori. Weni noma blanda scrubber. But, but mamori okasi si wenye atu kwa tunaeza fanya istaf juma mango alikuwa ngori angeni piga kaa nyoka. Tulikuwa tunawochwa se ama unachukua uh, kibui, unakata juu. Yes. So after you've rationalized all the truth from there is bring it on. Let me give you a story. There's a friend who's living in a place where it is wrong to eat porcupines. So this guy, 
is living in a certain nation and it is wrong to eat porcupine meat. So the guy is found by a neighbor and he's asked, why are you hunting for porcupine? He says, no, he's asked, why do you want to eat a porcupine? Because he was hunting for one. He says, I am not eating a porcupine. I'm just hunting for a porcupine. So the brother is now found. He's already killed the porcupine. He's carrying it. He's asked, why do you want to eat a porcupine? He says, I am not eating a porcupine. I am just carrying a porcupine. So the brother now is found skinning the porcupine. He's asked, why do you want to eat a porcupine? And it is wrong to eat a porcupine. You know, he says, I am not eating a porcupine. I am just skinning a porcupine. What's wrong with skinning a porcupine? Now the brother is found now cutting the porcupine into pieces and he's asked, why do you want to eat a porcupine? And it is wrong to eat a porcupine. And I can't eat it. And he says, I am not eating a porcupine. I'm just cutting the pieces of a porcupine. Now the brother is found boiling the very porcupine and he's asked, why do you want to eat a porcupine? And it is wrong to eat a porcupine. And I can't eat it. And he says, I am not eating a porcupine. I'm just boiling a porcupine. And he's asked, so he's found now tasting the soup. He's asked, why do you want to eat? He says, mm-mm, mm-mm, porcupine, mm-mm. It's me, porcupine. It's just the soup. Do you see, friends, how it is a downhill after rationalization? After you've created truths for yourself, do you see how no one can control you? Because you'll be like, but it's just, but it's just, but it's, 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 it's just. Slowly by slowly, you're found in the very thick, thick, the yani uko mdani uko kwa matoroine, uko mdani. Mairi clay, mairi, mairi. Yeah, yeah. You're found in the very thick. Because you see, it started by, I'm just hunting for a porcupine. And by the way, the guy is right, because you can hunt for the porcupine and give it to the dogs. <laughs> but no. N no. Why? Why? I don't know whether you've gotten your, or your friends have gotten themselves in situations where you're telling them, Manzi, guys, please watch out for that guy. That guy is not good. And he's like, but he's, he, he, you know? And the conversations are so emotionally intense. You're actually feeling for this lady. You're like, yeah, I get you. But most of the times it ends like that. Because he tells you, but that guy, you know, the other time when we left Sijun in class, imagine an incident in Shambaka room. Ata haku nifanyi anything, I can't fix up a kanyambia. You're like, yeah, yeah, this. Wana kuambia manzi, watch out. Bro. Ama bro, kwa patu unambi watch, bro. Bro. Manzi, kwenye unaenda tricks. Ukuzileza, uji. I know. I've had conversations with this guy. And then now, for guys, so testosterone hits in, and so our voice got a little bit deeper. So I've had conversations with this girl, and man, this girl is, is deep. She's, she's deep. And so, yeah. 
And slowly by slowly you realize, well, okay. And you're telling this person, please run away, stay clear. Nama, nama, we, nama. Unajikuta tuwa. And then they come to you and they're like, oh, man, I wish I did. You wish, but I told you. I'm telling you, I'm a pastor. These things happen to me every other time. Guys tell Chad, and I tell them, bro, but I think the way you're doing this is not okay. And he's like, no, you know, this, you know, we've been, we've been, we've been here. We've been doing these things together, and you know, it's. Let me look at my time. Do you relate to what's happening to David? Has it happened to you? Say, Lord Jesus. Oh, you actually said it. <laughs> so how do we build then stronger boundaries and convictions? We'll read our theme verse. Uh, Philippians chapter 2, from verse 1 to 5. It says, so if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord in one mind. Verse 3, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourself. Verse 4, let each of you Look not only to their own interest, but also the interest of others. Verse 5, have this mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus. So how do we then build strong convictions? Number one, Christ is our standard. Christ is our standard. So that what the Bible has an opinion about, yours does not count. That's painful. But imagine... What the Bible is clear about, my feelings do not count. Because we, we, when, when, when we rationalize everything, it's easy to fall. But when we have a standard that we know is consistent and constant, which is Jesus Christ, when I look to him, He's my strength. The Bible will continue and say in the same verse that we are reading that it is him who works in us to will and to act according to his good pleasure. I look to him. I work out my salvation with fear and trembling, knowing men, I am prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it prone to leave this God that I love. But it is him who holds me and sustains me and walks with me. And so then my boundaries will not just be legalistic tendencies of me, I don't wear jeans. Why don't you wear jeans? I just don't wear jeans. Why don't you? I just don't. So that then the reason for everything we do is God. Do you know what happens to Joseph when he's tempted by Potiphar's wife? He says, I can't do such a thing first against my God. When is the last time you were tempted and you thought, I can't do such a thing against my God? Because most of the time, the, the time I think I didn't fall into sin because my mom would, 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 yeah. Or maybe because she will get pregnant. 
actually hear that ladies now are more scared of pregnancy than any STI. Not even God. You see how we have lowered our standards so that you actually don't even think that there's an eternity at stake. Man, I keep praying that the Lord will capture our eyes. He will paint eternity in our eyeballs so that you will look at things and you will think properly because you know what? Christ is our standard. And Christ is not those wishy-washy kind of things or people. Do you know how it's crazy to look up to people and then they, they fail you? Do you know how heartbreaking it is for you to look at these um, celebrities and then they have scandals? And now then they start saying, no, now we are sorry, we will not continue posting. No, no, our emotions were invested here. Continue posting. You sort your issues, but continue. Or even we will help you sort them because we, were, we felt like we are part of this family. And you see that the guys who are shaping our life, the guys who are shaping our culture now, are those celebrities. Kawaida Christians like me are shaping no one. No one. No one is following me. Like I have an Instagram account that has, yeah, followers. <laughs> no one thinks, no one thinks sober preaching is influence. But wait until some brother from nowhere just cries on TV. Everyone is just like, oh my Lord, oh my Lord, we feel you, we connect. So that we've left the standard, the main standard for substandard things. Man, Paul encourages these brothers and he's telling them now because he's making a very serious assumption. He's saying now because there's an encouragement in Jesus Christ, we should all think the same. We should all pursue the same thing so that if something is wrong as per scripture, I will stand up and say it is wrong whether they love me or not. Whether they like me or not. Whether I will fit in or not. What scripture says, your opinion does not count. You see, in a world where no one knows actually what, they, what gender they are. But the Bible says male and female, he created them. In a society where we are becoming very relative about things. And the absolute is zero. And so everyone has their truth that does not apply to my truth. I think, man, we are losing it. That is why we have a culture where everything goes. Because we moved away. We moved away from the standard. And for us to have sober, biblical boundaries, they have to be grounded in Jesus as the main standard. So that whatever he says, goes. When he says, jump, you will be like, Man, how, how many of us are heartbroken by sin? Heartbroken by violence, by sec sexual immorality, by corruption. 
It's sad that the very thing that breaks the heart of God entertain us. May the Lord have mercy. The other thing that we need to do, number two, is consider others better than ourselves. This is, the, this is our mantra at home. This is our mantra at home, me and my wife. Keep pushing each other and telling each other, man, consider others better than us. Consider me. Okay. The next time there is an issue, when, when we fought, when we have quarreled about something, maybe I was told to do something and I didn't do. She keeps asking me, did you consider? Did you consider me? And maybe this is the challenge that I want to drop on us today. When is the last time you considered anyone when you are doing anything? Because Paul would tell these people, consider, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others. So that young man who's here, before you lure your girl to, to sleep with her, you will consider her better. You'll be like, man, she deserves more than this. Young lady who's here, who's, who's placing double bets so that if this one doesn't work, this mate work. How about we just consider that brother better? So that I think if people would live in love and unity, yes, the Bible says life would be different. And then the last thing is may we desire to be godly. Verse 5 says that let this attitude that was in Christ be in us. Godliness. May we desire to be godly and pursue godliness. Godliness in our character and conduct so that, man, I may not dress like you, but just because I don't dress like you doesn't mean I am not born again. Just because I don't have a sense of fashion doesn't mean I can't fit in. You know? You know those things that happens in cliques and in, in, in schools? Just because I don't come from, I can't. When we pursue godliness, then we pursue kindness, we pursue love, we pursue patience with others and gentleness. May the Lord help us. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you. We give you glory. May you help us to live your word. May you lead us to your truth, truth everlasting. I ask that, Heavenly Father, them that are here and struggling with anything that we've said, O oh Lord, may you help them to break free and walk in freedom. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys.